Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today, we're going to be discussing the history and family tree of the Black family. You might not know this, but Sirius Black was more than just a powerful wizard who escaped the dungeons of Azkaban. By birthright, he was a member of one of the most powerful wizarding families in all of Britain. In fact, the Black family line can be traced back through the centuries and was celebrated as one of the proudest pureblood families in the world. And by the time Sirius was born, he was one of the few male heirs that remained, which meant his passing in the death chamber on the ninth level of the Ministry of Magic marked the end of the Black family line. But even that wasn't really the end for them. Although the women of the family didn't typically keep their last name after marriage, they married into dozens of other pureblood families throughout England. In some way, almost every Weasley, Potter, Lestrange, Lupin, and Malfoy could find a connection to the Blacks. Today, we're going to take a look at the very first recorded ancestor in Sirius's line and trace the history of the Black family from Sirius's own namesake to the final male heirs. If you take one look at the Black family tree, you'll notice that the first recorded generations lists five members who lived around the early 19th century. Although the film version of the Black's ancestry goes further back in time, the official canon, which JK Rowling has referenced in her work, begins here. For the remainder of this family tree, I've tried to stick as much as possible to JK Rowling's referenced version, but at times, it was impossible to separate them. The first name on the list is Sirius Black, after whom Harry Potter's godfather was later named. This Sirius Black was born in the year 1845. Like everyone else in the Black family, young Sirius was a proudly pureblood wizard, but unlike other members of his family, his life was cut tragically short. In the year 1853, the history books reveal that Sirius died at the age of eight. While it's tempting to point out that many children died prematurely before the rise of modern medicine, that was rarely the case in the wizarding world. Thanks to their mastery of potions and herbology, wizards were capable of healing almost any ailment, which means the cause of this Sirius Black's death might not have been an accident. Sirius was survived by three other siblings, all born after Sirius. The first, a boy named Phineas Nigellus Black, was born in 1847 
and became one of the most influential members of the family to ever live. As most blacks would, Phineas attended Hogwarts, and was, of course, placed into House Slytherin. Phineas was also very vocal in carrying on another family tradition, his hatred for muggles and mudbloods. After he graduated from Hogwarts, around the year 1865, Phineas married Ursula Flint. Together, they had five children. As a tribute to his older brother, Phineas named his first child, a son, Sirius, and to carry on his own name, he gave the next boy his own, as Phineas Black II. When we talk about the next generation of the Black family line, we'll see that even at this point, the harsh rhetoric around mudbloods would take its toll, ultimately causing Phineas to reject some of his own children. A bit later, Phineas and Ursula birthed Cygnus, Belvina, and Arcturus. When he wasn't conceiving children, Phineas became a professional teacher, passing on all that he had learned to the next generation of wizards and witches. His talents eventually brought him to Hogwarts, but it's hard to know how effective he was as a teacher. When it comes to Black's teaching style, the record books simply point out that he hated his job, and he hated the children. That didn't stop him from achieving success, though, as he eventually rose to the position of headmaster. Together with Ursula, Phineas created the only recognized heirs for the Black family through their marriage. Elidora, one of Phineas's sisters, was also born in the years after the eldest Sirius's death. Unlike most of her siblings, Elidora never found time to create a family, and perhaps due to her modest contributions to the Black family tree, we don't really know that much about her. Of the tales that survived Elidora's death, none of them paint a particularly flattering picture of the witch. One record claims that Elidora created a cruel Black family tradition by tormenting house elves. Of her many ways of torturing the creatures, sources claim that Elidora instituted a new rule. If a house elf was unable to carry a tray of tea, she would mount their head on a wooden plaque and bolt them to the wall. The final member of this generation, Iola Hitchens, is perhaps the most exciting. She was the fourth black sibling of the age, and she broke the most important rule. She married a muggle, or muggle-born wizard. The sources aren't very clear. Much like her nephew, who Phineas the Elder would often debate, Iola didn't see the point in the black family's obsession with the person's pure-blood status. Until the time of her marriage, Iola most likely abided by the rules of her family. She probably received a wizarding education at Hogwarts, and only after that, decided to marry her partner, Bob Hitchens. Since the pair were removed from the Black family tree, we don't know if they ever had any children of their own, but it's most likely they did. Whether or not any of their descendants went on to rejoin the wizarding community in the following decades was never answered, but it's not hard to imagine that Iola's children, or grandchildren, would have shown an affinity for magic and as long as her brother, Phineas, wasn't the headmaster at the time, Iola would have likely allowed her descendants to enroll. The next generation of blacks was solely comprised of the children of Phineas and Ursula's marriage. There were four sons, Sirius Black II, Phineas Black II, Cygnus Black, and Arcturus Black, and a single daughter, Belvina Black. 
beginning with the eldest, we'll find Sirius Black II. As we mentioned previously, he was named after his uncle, who tragically died at just eight years of age. Unlike his aunt, Iola's possible children, Sirius II was a pure-blood wizard. Born in 1877, Sirius lived until the age of 75, when he died of unknown reasons in the year 1952. His contributions to the family line came in the form of two sons and a daughter whom he had with his wife, Hesper Gamp, and his line actually became the longest lived. While his siblings' descendants either passed without heirs or were married off into different families, Sirius II's line produced males to inherit the family name until the 1970s, with the birth of the final black boys, Sirius III and Regulus. Phineas the Elder's second son was named after himself, but Phineas Black II, born in 1878, disappointed his father and eventually got his name blasted off the family tree. Like his aunt, Myola, Phineas couldn't understand why his family was so obsessed with pureblood status. Even though his father was the headmaster of the very school he attended, Phineas's time at Hogwarts likely only made matters worse. Another famously pro-Muggleborn wizard was enrolled at the very same time, Albus Dumbledore. Although there aren't any records of massive student-led movements against the pure-blood ideology of the time, it's not unlikely that Phineas the Younger would have spent his days with like-minded Gryffindors, instead of the Slytherins he probably lived with. Phineas II's younger brother, Arcturus Black, was born over six years later, in 1884. Arcturus married another pure-blood in the British wizarding community, Lysandra Yaxley. Although they weren't as prolific as many of the other blacks, the pair raised three lovely daughters, Caladora, Cedrella, and Caris. One, just like her great-aunt Iola, fell in love with someone the black family looked down on. Ignoring her father's wishes, Cedrella went on to marry the man she loved, Septimus Weasley. It's through this bond that the Weasley family, including all of Arthur's children, became distantly related to Sirius Black III. As women, the records for Arcturus's children weren't kept on the family tree, but each married into high-profile wizarding families. While Cedrella married into the Weasleys, her elder sister, Caladora, married Harfang Longbottom, possibly linking Harry Potter's classmate, Neville, to Sirius Black. The third sister, Caris, married Caspar Crouch, and was probably related to the future Death Eater who shared the same last name. The next of Phineas I's children was Belvina, born in 1886. As another daughter in the Black family tree, she unfortunately was pushed to the side of history. Although there isn't much that we know about her, we do know that she got married to a pureblood named Herbert Burke. Together, they had three children, but the history books stop there. The final member of Phineas I's children was Cygnus Black. Born in 1889, he was also lucky enough to see his father serve as headmaster in Hogwarts. With his wife, Violetta Bulstrode, Cygnus fathered four children, two sons and two daughters. Cygnus's life was fairly plain compared to his brothers and sisters. None of his children committed a grave sin against the family by marrying a muggle or muggle-born, 
However, one of Cygnus's children was born without any magical abilities, a great shame for any pureblood family. Cygnus went through great efforts to hide this fact, and even blasted the name of the child off the family tree. When we move to the third generation of the Black family that's officially tracked on their family tree, we'll find that only Sirius II's children and his brother, Cygnus's children, carry on the family name. As we mentioned earlier, their sister, Belvina's children, weren't documented, and their brother, Arcturus, only produced daughters. If we look at Sirius II's children first, we'll find that his oldest, Arcturus Black III, was born in 1901 and was alive during Sirius III's imprisonment in Azkaban. In fact, Sirius Black was one of Arcturus's two grandchildren. At some point after attending Hogwarts, Arcturus married a pure-blood witch named Melania Macmillan. Their children, Lucretia and Orion, both went on to marry purebloods as well, making their family proud. When his grandson, Sirius Black, talks about Arcturus, he reveals that his grandfather must have been pretty wealthy, as he was able to bribe the Ministry of Magic for an award. Although this might have been said in jest, it's still likely true. Sirius II's next child, Lycoris Black, was born in 1904 and lived until 1965. The reason for his fairly early death wasn't given a reason, but considering she never married or produced children, the Black family historians weren't likely to devote too much to her life. Lycoris's birth was soon followed by another, in 1906, with the arrival of a second son. Named Regulus, his name would eventually be lent to Sirius III's brother. Like his older sister, Regulus I never married, and never had children. At a time when marriage was almost compulsory, it's strange to see that two members of Sirius II's immediate family didn't go on to raise any sons or daughters of their own. Moving on to the children of Cygnus and Violetta, we'll discover how they became relatives to Bellatrix Lestrange and even Voldemort himself. Cygnus's eldest son was Pollux Black. He was born in 1912 and lived long enough to see the Wizarding World condemn his descendant, Sirius Black, for his supposed crimes. His wife, Irma Crab, was important in bringing not just the Crabs, but the Lestranges, Tonks, and Malfoys into the family line as well. Cygnus's next child was a daughter named Cassiopeia Black. Records show she was born in 1915, just three years after her older brother, Pollux, and died in 1992. Her skills in witchcraft and wizardry were nothing noteworthy, and unfortunately, she didn't contribute much to the legacy of the Black family. Alongside her other siblings, however, she lived long enough to see the Black family name dragged through the mud, as their youngest generation joined the Death Eaters and failed to bring Voldemort to power. Not long after Cassiopeia's birth, Cygnus and his wife Violetta had another son, Marius. You'll notice that his name on the family tree has been stricken out, because, just like so many other members of his family, he betrayed the values of purebloods that the Black so dearly cherished. But it wasn't entirely his fault. Marius was born without an affinity for magic. That meant he never attended Hogwarts, got the chance to hear the Sorting Hat filter him into House Slytherin, or even wield a wand. The shame of his condition was so great that the Black family treated young Marius 
as if he were a muggle or half-blood. They didn't even list his wife or children in the official genealogical records. Despite the fact that his descendants could have very well possessed magical powers of their own. After Marius's birth, his parents were cautious about having another child, but in the year 1920, they celebrated the birth of their fourth, a witch named Doria. Interestingly, Doria went on to marry a distant relation of Harry Potter, a pure-blood wizard known as Charles Potter, who must have died before Harry's own parents did as the Dursleys were his only known relatives at the time. Through Doria, Harry was not only related to Sirius Black, but also the Malfoys, Tonks, Crabs, Weasleys, and just about every other prominent wizarding family in Britain. Now, as we move towards the next generation, you'll notice something. We're getting closer and closer to the most famous member of the Black family, Sirius III. If we start with the children of Sirius Black II, we'll find that Arcturus was seemingly the first to marry. With his wife Melania Macmillan, Arcturus raised two children. The first, a daughter named Lucretia, was born in 1925. After attending Hogwarts and making her parents proud as an accomplished witch, she went on to marry a prominent wizard in the community, a young man known as Ignatius Pruitt. Although Lucretia and Ignatius didn't have any children of their own, they were deeply loved by their nieces and nephews. In fact, Ignatius seemed to have a particularly deep relationship with Molly Weasley, who would later go on to fight against another member of her family, Bellatrix Lestrange. Lucretia had a younger brother, about four years later, named Orion. His life was relatively short, even by the Black family standards. Born in 1929 and dead by 1979, Orion was remembered by his descendants as a bitter, deeply prejudiced old man. He was as tyrannical in his beliefs about pure-blood supremacy as any other member of his family tree, and that's what drove a wedge between him and his sons, Sirius Black III and Regulus. Besides being Sirius's father, Orion's other contribution to the Black family was in making the tapestry a bit more convoluted, since he married a family member a second cousin named Wahlberga. Wahlberga was the daughter of Pollux Black and Irma Crabbe, and one of the few of her generation to have children. Born in 1925, she outlived her husband by only a few years. Wahlberga's younger brother, Alfred Black, was another one of Pollux's children, but he wasn't as well-loved as his sister. He died in the late 70s, and instead of leaving his massive wealth to his parents or his siblings, he left most of it to his nephew, Sirius. This strange, posthumous gift angered his relatives so much that Wahlberger blasted his name off of the tapestry. If you remember, that type of punishment was typically reserved for blood traitors. After Alfred, Pollux and Irma had a third and final child, Cygnus, who they named after Pollux's father. Through Cygnus's children, the Black family married into not only the Tonks and Malfoys, but also produced an illegitimate heir of Voldemort, Delphini. As we move on to the fifth and final generation of the Black family, the number of descendants has shrunk quite a bit. In fact, of the five Blacks of this era, only two were male, and they died before they were able to produce any heirs, ending the family name once and for all. The Black family tradition of quickly disowning their children as blood traitors 
and ignoring the children that their female descendants bore, had finally caught up with them. If we turn our attention to the sons that Orion Black and his wife and cousin, Wilberger produced, we'll finally find the most famous members of the family. First, in 1959, Sirius was born. He was the third male in his family to bear the name, but rebelled against almost everything they stood for. Sirius was staunchly opposed to his father's narrow view of the world, namely, that only pure-blood wizards deserved respect and fair treatment. One of his biggest acts of rebellion was when he allowed the Sorting Hat to suggest Gryffindor during the selection process. For centuries, the Blacks had only enrolled in Slytherin, and Sirius was the only one to defy that tradition. Later, as many of his cousins and relatives joined Voldemort's forces, Sirius rejected the movement. Ultimately, through a carefully orchestrated scheme, Black was framed for horrendous crimes and imprisoned in Azkaban. When he eventually escaped, he briefly reunited with his godson, Harry Potter, before dying at the hands of his own cousin, Bellatrix Lestrange. Unlike Sirius, Orion's other son, Regulus, was initially seduced by the dark wizards of his generation. For a brief time, the younger Black Brother joined the Death Eaters and carried out their missions of propaganda and violence. Shortly after joining, though, Regulus decided that the Death Eaters were far too dangerous and actively tried to sabotage them. In his final act, Regulus tracked down one of Voldemort's Horcruxes, but failed to destroy it. Instead, the Inferi who surrounded the lake where the Horcrux was kept dragged Regulus into the cold waters, drowning him in the process. When we move on to Cygnus Black III and his children, we'll find most of the families involved in the final Wizarding War that shook Hogwarts to its foundations in the late 90s. Cygnus' first child, a daughter, was the evil witch Bellatrix Lestrange. After graduating from Hogwarts, Bellatrix quickly joined the cult of Voldemort and became a powerful Death Eater in his army. During campaigns for Voldemort, Bellatrix used her powerful dueling skills to kill many of Voldemort's most prominent opponents. Even though she was related to most, she didn't hesitate in butchering them, and among the many she murdered, Sirius Black and Nymphadora Tonks stood highest on the list. In the end, Bellatrix's end took a surprising turn, when she was defeated and killed by Molly Weasley, another one of her distant relations. Although the Black family tree wouldn't typically keep track of a female Black's heirs, Bellatrix's single child was of particular note. Her daughter, named Delphine, wasn't actually conceived with her husband, Rodolphus Lestrange, but instead with Lord Voldemort himself. Eventually, Delphine would challenge the wizarding world in the very same way her father had. Sometime after Bellatrix was born, her sister, Andromeda, came into the world. When we look at the Black family tree, we can easily see the familiar black, charred remains that surround her picture, which means that she too was blasted off of the tapestry. Andromeda's crime was falling in love with a muggle-born wizard named Ted Tonks. Although the family didn't recognize them or their offspring, Andromeda's marriage produced Nymphadora Lupin, a powerful aura and member of the Order of the Phoenix. In 1955, Cygnus had a final child, another daughter, this one was named Narcissa, and after attending Hogwarts, she married Lucius Malfoy. 
Together, they had a single son, Draco, and briefly brought the power of the Elder Wand into the family. Although Andromeda, Bellatrix, and Narcissa had children and grandchildren of their own, the Black family ended with the deaths of Regulus and Sirius, as both were the final male heirs, and both were childless. And perhaps that was for the best. The rise and fall of Lord Voldemort revealed many flaws in the old way of thinking, a line of thought that the Blacks seemed to value above all else. Their emphasis on the importance of their name, male heirs, and pure-blooded marriages was out of place in the new world, and even their final death-eater descendant, Draco Malfoy, raised his children in a much more progressive fashion, promoting the inherent worth of all beings, not just those with pure blood heritage. And that's it for this video. If you enjoy the content, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. Until next time, remember, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live.